Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to JKWD Podcast. Wow, I hope you're doing great. Um, Kelvin, what's I, going I on, man? I, I wasn't expecting that, but anyway, I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Life is life is good. I'm healthy. Um, it, it's it's hot. It's Savannah in <laughs> up here, uh, but the the sky is blue and the and the grass is green and life is good. So I'm having a wonderful time. Great. Um, yeah, we're we're expecting uh, our first heat wave. You know, heat wave. Uh, I think is technically classified as a string of three days over ninety degrees. So so we're expecting that over the next couple of days. By I'll the stay time here, thanks. By the time people hear that, they uh, it'll be over. A couple of weeks ago, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're um, we're getting into that season. It's all right. Um, better than shoveling. I do have to say, um, it's not a. I used to say uh, when it got to like 15 below and and it was snowing outside. I used to say it's an event to go outside. Uh-huh. Um, it's like you'd yeah, you'd be all warm and then you'd have to put on three layers and then a jacket and then get the gloves and the scarf and the hat and possibly a face mask. And, um, then you'd have to take off half the stuff because you forgot to tie your shoes before you put it all on (laughs) and then you'd have to put it back on and then you'd have to take half of it back off because you need your fingers to, uh, work a leash. And then, um, Strangely yeah, enough, I still enjoy that. I don't know how much longer I'll enjoy that if if it will become cumbersome soon. But I'm still good for that for now. And um, and uh, I suppose um, when I stop enjoying that, it'll be time to do something else. Do right? something else. Well, we'll figure that out. You know. But anyway, but but uh, but I am having a good time. Glad to uh, be hanging out with you again. Yes, and, sir. Um, so what, uh, you know, well, tell, tell, tell our folks what we got coming on today. Well, we've got Mark Henson, author of Ordinary Superpowers. That's Mark Henson. We didn't even ask him if he was related to uh, the Muppet family. Um, <laughs> I think it would have come out in the book. <laughs> Maybe. If, Do you know but, the Swedish chef? No. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, but markhenson.me, markhenson.me, and yeah, that'll be in the show notes and everything. But um, yeah, we should mention that that we're brought to you today by Audible. If you want a free audiobook and a free month at Audible, go to audibletrial.com/jkwd. That's audibletrial.com/jkwd or text jkwd to 500-500. And hopefully by this time, ordinary superpowers will be on Audible. If you want to get that for free, you can do that. Um, Hopefully. And, and if it if it's not, then um, still sign up today and try again next week. Because you know it's yeah that 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 free month is good for a month. There you <laughs> so, go. Um, <laughs> <I like that. laughs> so yeah. So. Uh, and that'd be that'd be cool. So it uh we, we, it was a very nice podcast today. We uh it's a great some lively conversation and I think I think you're really gonna like this guy. And not only that, I think he's gonna help you discover 
some awesome stuff about yourself that you didn't quite realize. Yeah, you know, I love these podcasts where you know, we don't have to you know, you know some some guests you kind of have to you know, get going. You you got to kind of introduce yourself and explain what the what it's going to be like and kind of warm them up a little bit. And this is one where yeah, I I love these where we can just start talking and eventually we're going to have to figure out and by we, I mean you, because <laughs> audio um, going to have to decide where we started the thing. Um, <laughs> yep. But we had a great conversation. I think he picked it up a little bit on our vibe. He, he made a black and white joke, which, you know, he did to do a lot. Just, you know, we love to do, we usually do a black guy and a Jew, but you know, same, same concept. Yeah. Um, you're still white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, yep. So with anyway, that, that here, here's some music, and on the other side of it, you'll hear Mark. Enjoy. Yeah. Welcome, sir. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Appreciate you taking the time to to interview me. So, yeah, and I mean, it took us a, a long time to hook up. Sorry for that. Um, Great to get you. <laughs> um, I mean, mo- mostly it was mostly it was me uh, having having a surgery and then going out of town and then uh, also giving us time to read the book. We both read the book. So nice, that, and that's rare. That's very rare, actually. <laughs> This might be a really tough interview compared to most. <laughs> no, you'll, you'll know if I'm lying or not. Well, let me start by asking you what um what made you want to write this book? I've been a writer for a long time. Uh, I've been writing blogs since blogs were a thing. Uh, before that, I was actually a copywriter, um, and I spent a lot of time in radio and broadcasting. And so I've I've been writing my whole life, pretty much. And I've done a lot of writing for my own business and uh, all, all along that way, everybody that I would run into or that would read my blog posts or follow what I was doing, they would always say, you should write a book. You should write a book. And I tried several times to start writing a book and I just couldn't ever get past maybe one or two chapters until I went through this experience a few years ago where I was really struggling and I, I figured out a way to walk myself out of that struggle. And it ended up being eventually the topic of this book. Um, and it was the first thing that I really felt really connected to, um, and passionate about enough and just felt like I could really take it all the way through. And it was really actually the writing part was actually pretty easy at that point to get that all onto paper. It took a long time, but it was easy at the same time, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I I keep hearing that, uh, that it's time to write a book when it's, uh, easier to get it out than keep it in. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's kind of how I felt about this. Um, and so how did you come across the concept of ordinary superpowers? I mean, was, was, you write about coaching in the book. So was that kind of how you stumbled across this? 
Yeah, I actually had been in a coaching program called Strategic Coach a few years ago, and a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs, uh, particularly in the finance and insurance fields, go uh, through this program. Um, and then a, a large handful of other people like myself, who is in a completely different industry than finance and, uh, and, and insurance. But part of that program was really focusing on your greatest strengths. They call it your unique ability. And trying to weed out as much non-unique ability uh, activity in your life as you can and focus really on your strengths. And I know a lot of other people talk about that as well, but it was the first time I really sat down and tried to really figure out what are my true strengths? What are my greatest assets that I bring to work, to life, to the people around me? And spending time doing that changed the trajectory that I was on because I had been on this sort of... Uh, a plateaued trajectory, uh, tra trajectory, I guess, for a while. I'd built my business over a decade or so, and then I kind of fell into this slump. Um, I'm a creator builder type, and I love to create. I love to build. I love new things. I love novel things. And after about 10 years of my business, I slid into being the administrator manager of my business, and I was no longer doing that stuff that really lights me up. The problem is, is sort of like that, that old analogy of the frog in the hot water is like, I didn't realize that I was slowly dying inside by doing right. that because I was pouring myself into it and I was doing a pretty decent job at it. My business was still growing, all of that, but I was just becoming less and less alive over time. And it wasn't until I finally looked back at my strengths and said, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not spending hardly any time doing the things that really light me up and where I contribute the best to the people in the world around me. And so I've refocused my life and I started doing more of that and I started getting happier and happier and, and more and more excited. And um, kind of looking back now, the part of that story that I've discovered is that I actually was in a long-term low-level depression because of that shift that I went through where I started being the administrator manager and stopped doing the things that light me up. You do that long enough and you do, you, you start to lose passion for everything in your life. And so Going through that whole process there, discovering that for myself, then I wanted to turn around and share that concept with other people. And I've always talked about superpowers. I'm, I'm the guy who sits next to you on the airplane and asks you, what's your superpower? Long before I wrote this book, just as a conversation starter. And because I like to know what, you know, what really lights people up. What do they love to do? What, what are they really good at doing? Because I like to connect with those people too. You know, don't we all like to work with those kind of people? We like to have those kind of people as a resource. We look for the ones that are really, you know, have some special ability in some area. And if, whenever we can use those or connect to those, we will. Yeah. Uh, did you um, did you grow up a, a superhero fan? I mean, I see you know people can't see us, but but there's Wonder Woman and Captain America on the wall <laughs> behind you. I can't see who's directly behind your head, but uh, you've got Man. that and you're Iron Man. And then, Iron um, Man, yeah. You know, you write a little bit about it in the book, um, and you connected to Batman because you know, Batman's just a guy in a mask. Um, he, you He's know, just a where, regular, yeah, ordinary, everyday billionaire, just like you and me, right? <laughs> right. Someday. <laughs> Give me a month. Give me one more month. <laughs> Right, you know, Captain America's got the shield, and and Wonder Woman's got the bracelets, and um, and uh, Iron Man's got the got the suit, but but Batman really, really just, the he just the bracelets is what you notice about Wonder Woman. Well, isn't that 
Well, isn't that her? Uh... It is, but that's not what okay. I look at when I look at Wonder Woman. No, no, no but <laughs> I started at that ankle. Excuse me, what I said. So many other assets to look yeah, at. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. The crown was, was really good. <laughs> but yeah, to answer your question, I, I, I loved superheroes as a kid. I've had kind of a lifelong fascination with it. And what's funny is right now, even though I have artwork in my office and all of that, I actually try to downplay the superhero part of it. Um, because that's very aspirational and it's very supernatural and all of that for, for the most part. I use a lot of examples of superheroes just as a way to connect on a common ground with people. But when I talk about the superpowers, it's always, uh, I refer to it as ordinary superpowers. That's the, the title of the book and, the, and what I focus on in the work, work because you and I might not have supernatural superpowers. I mean, I'm not de- denying they exist. I think LeBron James is a great example of somebody with <laughs> supernatural superpowers, right? Um, and everybody who ever wins American Idol probably has a little bit of supernatural superpowers, those kind of people. But for you and me, we don't, we might not have those. So what do we do? So we have these other strengths, abilities, talents, skills that, that are elevated that you know, help us kind of succeed in the world. And I call those our ordinary superpowers. I was also a, a huge Star Wars fan as a kid. That, and I, I kind of consider them to be superheroes as well. Luke Skywalker, Yoda, um, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Th- those were my superheroes also as a kid. You know, but you did, also, a good, you, you, did a, you did a good job of... Uh, I can tell that Josh is excited about this because he didn't even like look at me to ask a question once. Or, <laughs> so I know he's having a good day, right? <laughs> I figure you're just going to jump in at some point. That's, but, that's but you know, you know, he's normally the the uh, the uh, the low key kind of really methodical uh, guy, and I'm and I'm all over the board. And he he's just like, whooping my butt today. I'm, <laughs> I I had to get in here so I could say one thing, and then you know I'll probably quiet for the rest of the podcast. But um, but you did a, a nice job in the book of of letting us know that a lot of people who have superpowers things that end up being superpowered, things that gives them most of their, of their power, they just think is, is ordinary stuff, which, you know, I know that's how you got to the, to the thing, you know, Wonder Woman had powers that did really cool stuff, but she just thought it was normal. Everybody should do it. And, you know, the, the whole secret, you know, the Superman thing was he had powers, he could do stuff and like, Oh, well, that's kind of weird. So I'm not going to do that. But, but we all have, or most of us anyway, have stuff that, that really affects other people and our, and our own psyches that we just downplay as being, you know, that's just the way I am when it really could be like genius, wonderful right. stuff. Yep. I mean, I've, I've heard it referred to as you've heard the the term zone of genius, right? Your yeah. uh, strength, superpowers, whatever. They're all kind of interchangeable terms for me, but you're absolutely right about that feeling of feeling ordinary and even in superhero stories Mm -hmm. if you think about the origin story of almost every superhero and they're they're playing those out in the movies all the time now um the origin story of almost every superhero is that um there's a point where they recognize that they're different but up until that point they thought it was kind of normal like superman thought it was kind of normal living on the farms of iowa that he could do the things he he could do and then one day he asked his dad, like, I think there's something different about me. And then, you know, dad, Kevin Costner in the super, the latest superhero series, uh, Superman series, 
has to sit him down and say, son, there's something special about you <laughs> because he's like, I don't quite get it. I, I, I don't understand. I, I have some abilities, but I don't quite know what to do with them. And, you know, dad says, well, you're an alien. That's why. Um, <laughs> and we all have, we all have these abilities, you know, we might not be aliens, most of us, uh, but we have these abilities that are elevated levels in us and that help us do amazing things, but they're so wired into us. It's just kind of how we operate, how we roll that it feels very normal to us, feels very ordinary. And part of my work is I want to wake people up to the fact that it's a lot less ordinary than you think. You don't have the same abilities and talents and skills, and certainly not the combination of skills and abilities and talents that almost anybody else have. It's like, it's like a fingerprint for you. Yeah. You have two or three of these you know, awesome abilities um, that especially in combination make you incredibly unique in the types of things that you can do, what you can achieve, the results you can get, et cetera. And, you know, you know, society also teaches us, uh, you know, not to be, not to be special, you know, don't think you're special. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, no, it's beat out of us as, yeah. as kids. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, fit in, conform, you know, don't don't rock the boats, you know, learn how to play by the rules, all of that stuff. And using your abilities and talents is not necessarily breaking the rules, but it's also stepping out of the norm for sure. Absolutely. Well, and it's good. I think it's a little bit also, you know, something that that your book kind of brings to mind is taking what you know to be your strengths, right? You go to a job interview and one of the things they ask you is, what are your strengths? And you know, those might be your ordinary superpowers, right? Um, but you know, your question is, is you know, one of the questions you sort of pose and you can leave it open is, is this workplace the best use of your ordinary superpowers or should you kind of look around who else can use these and, you know, what should you be doing with them and why? Yeah, it, it's a real dilemma for a lot of people that they always feel like if I'm not using my superpowers or my strengths, uh, maybe I'm in the wrong place. And I think certainly that can be the case, but I also am a big believer that you can make the grass greener right where you are. You don't necessarily have to jump the fence. If you can find opportunities to leverage who you are authentically mm -hmm. at work, um, then you can, you can make it whatever you want it to be. Uh, the problem is a lot of people don't have the, they don't have the nerve to, to explore that for themselves and they don't have the nerve to talk to their boss about it. Um, I've talked to, or they've made an assumption that that's even worse. I think, um, I've talked to so many people when we talk about their superpowers and I say, well, have you ever talked to your boss about this? Or have you ever approached your company about leveraging your talents or your strengths in a different way than the role that you're currently in. And they immediately say, oh, they would never do that. Or they, they never, they will never do that. Or they'll never treat me like that. Or they won't, those opportunities don't exist where I am, but they've never asked. And that's really sad because I think some people, they, they think that they can only find happiness somewhere else. And then they go through the process and they go to another company and they're happy for a while because it's new and novel. And then after a while, it settles back into the same kind of thing. And then they're stuck again. Uh, instead of the, you know, if you really kind of figured out who you are, what you're really capable of and what you love doing the most, 
And then if you can do it where you are, do it there. It's so much easier than, than making all the, jumping through all those hoops to move to other places and do other things. I did have, however, um, somebody who was out of work recently who her job was downsized. And just last week, I got this email from her and she said, Mark, I got a job and it is such a perfect fit for me. And I brought your book up even in the interview when we were talking about my strengths. And she said, you know, we had this whole conversation about what my superpowers are. And that is part of what helped me get the job. And I thought, oh, that's amazing that it really worked that way for you. And just the fact that she was able to communicate those strengths in an, in an interview to somebody that helped her find that really good fit. And it helped them decide, are you a good fit for this job or not? Because she was very honest and authentic because she had done the work to really identify these are my real true superpowers. This is how I contribute the best wherever I am. And if that works for you, hire me. If that doesn't, hire somebody else. That's fine. And I think we're all happier when we fit those situations like that. So how do we find our... Uh... How do we how do we how do we pick them out? How, how do we find our uh, superpowers? Uh, I think you have to go through a process of elimination. Um, and I actually have developed a something after I wrote the book. I, I use the basis of what's in the book. I have these six questions that help mm -hmm. you uh, discover what your superpowers are. Um, and by exploring those six questions, you can then start narrowing down to what your superpowers are. And I use this tool called the superpower pinpointer now. Um, and I'll kind of walk you just briefly through it if you want to, if you want to do that. Does that sound? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so the first thing to do is to kind of ask yourself these six questions. Um, and to be honest with you, my brain, the way it works is once something goes out of my brain, um, it is gone forever. So I always have to look up the questions <laughs> myself. <laughs> So, I thought it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of loosely know them, but you know, like I forget the order, all of that stuff. And oh, yeah, yeah. People think that authors just know their material inside and out, and I don't necessarily think that. And true. you know what? You did. You did until you hit publish, and it was gone, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'll just kind of give you these six <laughs> questions, and uh, and I tell you what, there's a, a free chapter. This is out of chapter four of. Uh, of the book. And it's the chapter that I give away. You know how authors will give away a chapter of the book and it's like the intro and it doesn't really give you anything. I made this weird decision to give away probably the most important chapter of the book, which is the one that helps people to start discovering their superpowers. So it's chapter four called discover your ordinary superpowers. And these six questions are in there. So um, I can, I'll, you guys can have that link or I'll, I can even throw it out now if they want. It's just at markhenson.me slash free chapter. And then you can download this chapter. But the chapter has these six questions. Number one, what are you always doing? Sort of left to your own devices and in any given situation where you find yourself like in a staff meeting or any new uh, area of responsibility you might enter at work or on a new project, what's the role that you always seem to play? What do you always end up doing? Are you the one who's always brainstorming? Are you the one who's always organizing things? Are you the one who's always mediating? Like, what is it that you always find yourself doing? So that's question number one. And feel free to like jump in and ask me questions along the way if, if you need clarification. No um, second question, what do people always ask you for help with? Um, we all have those things that people tend to come to us over and over for help with. If you are the kind of person who loves to organize things, maybe people come to you and ask you, for help making spreadsheets or something. 
Um, for me, people always come to me and ask me about technology because they know I'm really good at t- fixing technology problems. Even though that's not really one of my superpowers, it is something I would write down if I was answering these questions. They also come to me for help with brainstorming and idea generation, which is one of my superpowers. So that also would, would answer the question too. Uh, question three is, what do you always feel compelled to volunteer for? And that's a question um, like when you're in a PTA meeting or you're at church and you're on some committee and they ask for volunteers. Um, I always say that there are two things we volunteer for. The first one is that thing that no one else is volunteering for. And we just we feel like the meeting needs to move on. So we volunteer. That's not the one I'm talking about. Uh, the one I'm talking about is when they ask for a volunteer for something and you raise your hand because you know you could do it uh, with your eyes closed because it just plays to your strengths. So like for me, if I'm in one of those situations and they say, hey, we need somebody who can uh, make the announcements over a microphone in front of an auditorium full of people, I'll raise my hand every time because I actually enjoy that. And I know tons of other people that would just die if they had to do that. Um, I've also discovered that uh, communicating through writing and speaking is one of my superpowers. So I will raise my hand for something like that every time. Um, Fourth question, what do you do that other people admire? And that's basically, what do people compliment you about? What do they thank you for when you do it? Those are easy ways to identify the things people admire in you. Because when people really, so especially when they profusely thank you for something, like, thank you so much for doing that. Oh, that was such a big help. That kind of stuff. Or you're so good at that thing. I, I could have never done that. They're giving you this clue that you have an ability that they probably don't have. And you probably have an elevated level of that. So that's uh, question number four. What do you do that other people admire? Question five, what do you do that makes a positive difference? And this is one of those ones I think that was beat out of us as kids too, where we, we are not allowed to recognize what's really good or when we do a really good job or what we're really proud of or what makes a difference. Um, we certainly should never, ever say that out loud, um, even if we think it in our head. So you're even conceded. if you, yeah, you're conceited. Yeah. Yeah. You get that a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if you have to answer that one in your head, just quietly in your head, just do that. What do you do that, you know, makes a positive difference in the life of other people? And uh, this, the last question is, what do you do, enjoy doing most in the whole world? It's a little different from the first question of what are you always doing? Because that's sort of like, what do you always find yourself doing? Right. The sixth question, the last question is, if you had all the time and money in the world, like what would you do with it? What, how would you spend it after you, you know, ate all the lobster dinners you could eat and bought all the Maseratis you wanted to drive? And what would you do with your time? What skills, talents, abilities would you want to put into practice every day? Like what would really light you up because you'd have all the time and money in the world to do that? So going through that process of answering those questions, and I always suggest that people take some a lot of time with this. In our workshop that we do based on this, we spend a couple of hours digging through those and having people answer those questions and then narrow down their responses. So you start broad, you just put down every answer that you can possibly think of to those six questions. And then you, what we do in our workshop is we actually have people narrow that down to 10, pick, pick your top 10. And then we have them apply uh, the, this four part superhero test or superpower test um, to get down to maybe their top two or three which identifies their greatest, most contributing talents and skills. Um, and we can go over that test too, if you'd like. That one I do know. I don't have to look that up in my book. 
because it's only four, so I can I can always remember that one. So the four parts of a uh, that qualify something to be an an actual ordinary superpower is uh, the first part is that it comes naturally to you. So after you've answered all those questions and you have this huge list of possibilities, all these potential strengths that could be a superpower, the first thing to a- ask yourself is, does it come naturally to me? And that doesn't mean you're born with it. That just means that right now at this moment in time in your life, it feels natural to you. It's easy for you to use it. Um, and that can be a lot of different things. That could be something you are born with. It could be something you've developed along the way to the point where it just, it's just natural to you now. And we have both of those, I think, throughout our lives. So I don't necessarily believe that our superpowers are things that we're born with. I think they can be, but they don't always have to be. Um, the second thing to ask yourself is, do I have an elevated level of this ability, talent, or skill? As I'm evaluating that big list of potential strengths, um, which ones am I better at than most people that I know? And I don't have to be the best in the world at those things, but when I look around my circle of influence, do I have an elevated level of that skill or ability? For me, like idea generation, brainstorming, I have, when I look around, even my own team at work, um, my friends, family, like I just enjoy doing that kind of stuff a lot more than most people do. So that's an elevated thing for me. Um, the fourth part of the test, or third part of the test is, does it help other people? I think to qualify as a superpower, it can't just benefit you. It has to benefit the world around you. Um, doesn't have to benefit the world, just benefit your world in some way, the people right around you. And then fourth, and maybe most importantly, and I always say use this one as the tiebreaker, if all things being equal, is do I enjoy using this talent, ability, or skill? Um, is it fun for me? And fun is different for everybody, right? Fun could be like woohoo, rah-rah, fun, playtime. Um, but it could also be like, I get really good results and that's fun for me when I use it. It's just whatever your definition of fun. But do you enjoy using it? Does it give you energy? Um, and another way to look at it is when, you're, when you use that ability a lot, what kind of tired are you? Um, there's two kinds of tired. There's the, the completely depleted, I never want to do this again kind of tired. And then there's the, that was so much fun. It took so much out of me that as soon as I'm done resting up a little bit, I can't wait to go back and do it again. That kind of tired. That's the kind of tired you're looking for. That indicates there's something special about that ability, talent, or skill for you. That's why I like to use it as a tiebreaker because I think in the end, if it's going to be something that lights us up, it'll be something that's fun and enjoyable for us to use and gives us energy rather than totally depletes us of energy over time. That was a long-winded answer there. That but you that, asked that question. was, but it was, but it was. You know, <laughs> so now they don't need the first. You know, they don't need that chapter out of the book. But the there rest of it is. <laughs> that was, that was, and that was the free chapter, anyways. Yeah, that was a free there chapter, anyway. So, but man, you should see the other stuff in the book. Oh my gosh, it makes that stuff so awesome. I read the whole book. Okay. Okay. You did over a couple of paragraphs, really. And you didn't just read the freebie version. You actually bought it. I bought it. So you're amazing. Yes, I did. That's right. But I bought the Kindle version because it was faster. And, and I can make my iPad read it to me. <laughs> but well, I have, to, I have to give you guys kudos. I'm telling you, like most people I, that I, I've been on podcasts and other interviews, they don't read the book. You know, and I, I get it. A lot of people don't have time or whatever. So I, I appreciate when people actually take the time and dive in. And which Well... well I, I got to tell you, from the from the point that we started talking about this, and because we like to know about our authors, so we can 
you know, so, I mean, you know, so we can talk to him and you sent it. And then we postponed for so long. If we hadn't read the book, we would have been <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, yeah. We'd, we'd be yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like, I think oh, man, had like a month and a half to read this book. There's no excuse. Yeah. I think at some point we said, we better set a date so that we read the book. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it did too. Well, I, I had to do that when I was writing it. I better write set a date so I finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I was, used to do that when I was, uh, you know, I used to work in in print, and so I, you know, make sure that I had the book read. But you know, sometimes that meant <laughs> scheduling three weeks out. And yeah, okay, now I got time. Uh, yeah. So, so Kelvin, yeah. you texted yes, me last night. I you did. texted me last night and said that you had to find your superpowers. So I'm wondering if like this last, you know, 10, 15 minutes here has, has helped you any. Well, sort of, um, they, they would, they would, yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a couple of them. I don't know how many, I don't know how many I have, right? I, I go through, I, I got to tell you, I, uh, <clears throat> I keep a kudos file. I've got one on my computer right now and uh, I back it up routinely because it's a lot of emails over a lot of time where people have called and thanked me for things and told me how I made them feel or something like that. Oh, that's and a good idea. Whenever I'm feeling, Oh, I don't know, not as, as great as I think I should, I have to go back and read some of that stuff and some of the stuff that people have said to me. So I could remember, you know, I'm not really the loser I'm feeling like right now because I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I've made this person feel like this. So one of my superpowers is actually the ability to make people feel valued mm. uh, in a, in a conversation. Um, That's great. And, and I enjoy doing that. Um, and to make and I'm also a life coach. So, you know, even, even before the, the formal coach training, I, I did that all the time. So um, I used to be, I don't know, there used to be some others, but now it's like, I'm I'm doing so much. I have to figure out okay, what what really are and you made a good point of talking about this in the in the book and the workbook which is magnificent. That's a great way for people to remember what they read in the book. Um to fine tune those. So w- what am I really using at this point that's that's making a difference? Um I used to have incredible focus but normally when someone, oh, I volunteer to be president a lot. What, what superpower is that? Is, is there a name for that one? Does it start uh, <laughs> masochism, I think, is the superpower. Oh, that's the M word. Yeah. I do you that. like getting beat up? I don't I, know. I like, I like bringing groups together. I, th- I think I'm very good um, in, in helping groups uh, feel valued and learn to work together and increase. Yeah improving morale and stuff like that. But see, I, and I love the way that you've articulated those because um, those are your words, right? You've, you've kind of figured it out for yourself. You, mm-hmm. And it's not anything necessarily terribly fancy. Like one of the things I think people that holds people back is they feel like they have to really nail it down and make it sound really good uh, what my superpowers are. And, and I think, you know, whatever comes naturally out of you, the way that you would talk about it is the best way to articulate those things. And what you said, I, you would never find that in most job descriptions. You would never find, you know, making people feel valued. You would never find that in a lot of the strengths tests and things that you might take, like Strengths Finder yeah. or the DISC profiles, all of that. 
And that's one of the things I wanted to do differently here was to make this something very personal to you, to every single person who writes it. We're not putting you in a bucket with a whole bunch of other people and calling you pioneers or woos or whatever, you know, whatever the labels are that we put on all those buckets and all those other tests. And those tests have value and I'm not, I'm not bashing those at all. I've taken them all and they all have value for different things. But I wanted something that would be so personal to you that you could articulate that then by being so authentic in your articulation, which I think you just did, um, I totally get it. I totally got what you said. I totally understand what that power is because of the way that you said it and the way that you've already thought about it. So yeah, so you know, good, good for you. That's, that's amazing. And, and that's what I want people to get to is that. Imagine you say that in an interview and then you can back it up with a little explanation. Um, to say, this is what I mean by that. And this is where I, it, I think it best applies. Do you have a place like that here? I mean, uh, that's powerful stuff. That is. And, and that's why I became a life coach. Cause that was just, that's what I, that's me. That's, that's yeah. what I do. So and, you uh, probably help but as a life coach, you probably help people do the superpower work, even if you weren't calling it that. You you probably help them figure out what their strengths are and what's going to light them up and where to find how to go out and find that, kill it, drag it home, all of that. I'm going to be a lot better at it after this interview. I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, because this was this was awesome. Um, Well, I want to know Josh's superpower now that I've heard yours. um, uh, I've identified a few. Um, One is I. I'm very good at breaking down complex, I want to say organisms, but mechanisms and, and explaining them okay. simply. Yeah. Um, you know, when I, when I was a reporter, one of the beats I was on was uh, combined sewer overflows. Um, and I don't know if you know what those are, but um, no. in, at least in the Northeast, and I assume this is throughout most of the country, but when the cities were first popping up, um, you know, in the 1850s through the 1880s or so when you know, manufacturing was coming in um, and they were building sewer systems, uh, they built them such that when all the, the waste that was going into the sewer system, um, eventually, you know, when it would rain, they needed a place to put everything. So they just opened up into rivers. Um, so, you know, for a hundred years, when, whenever we got a storm, and uh, the, you know, the the wastewater uh, would would overflow the pipes, it would just wind up in the river. Um, so now, obviously, now we know that you know, that's not the safest place to be putting <laughs> human waste. Uh, <laughs> you know, we'd rather redirect it into treatment plants, but. Uh, you know, they didn't plan for you know, when you were building when you were building a city in 1890. You didn't plan to have 50, 70, 100,000 people. You planned on a on a couple thousand. Yeah. So now it's time to retrofit cities, and I mean they're just doing it now um, over the last 25 years or so. Uh, so um, yeah, that was one of the processes I, and I had to start breaking down, and I and I figured out uh, you know as I got older that I could do this with a, with a lot of different things. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, superpowers. I think a lot of people think that a town or ability only has a, a very narrow use and when they can broaden out and start 
looking beyond kind of what their current situation is or what they always thought that, you know, that ideal role was for that power, um, you can find uses for your powers lots of different ways. And that's why I kind of like it when people keep their powers maybe a little more on the generic side. Mm -hmm. Um, So you could say, look, I'm really great at simplifying things or I'm really great at, at organizing vast amounts of information. That allows you to kind of apply that a lot of different places, as opposed to saying, I make wicked good spreadsheets, right? Like, <laughs> because then that's just like a single type task, but organizing vast amounts of information, maybe you're really good at making spreadsheets, but really the power of the skill there for you might be that organizational skill that then right. you could apply outside of the world of Excel and spreadsheets. And Josh is a, is a logic guy. So when you were talking in your book about your, um, I forget who the tech guy, I forget his name, but anyway, you talk about, he was your systems guy. He was your process guy. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's Josh. He's the, um, I'm over here and Josh is the, okay, little, little reality based here. You can look at this, 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 and this. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and, and Wonder Woman's bracelets, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. do that. Uh, without making me feel like an idiot most of the time <laughs> because I can go off on some tangents. But Kelvin, just, just for the record, anytime you feel like an idiot, you're putting that word in your head. It's not me. Right. <laughs> See, my counselor always says, nobody can make you feel any way. That's, you, that's right. I tell people that all the time. It's and all about you. However. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so he's, he's, he's very logic based. And, and one of the, jointly for us, the superpowers that, that we have is that we actually are very, very different people. <laughs> we have very different people. Um, but somehow we have, some would say you're black and white, even that, you know, that's, that's, that's the tall and the long and the short of it too. So, so <laughs> it's all black and white. I've got a joke for you, but we'll work on that. Another. But, uh, we've had this friendship of ours. We've had since it's been about 10 years now, right? Probably, probably more like 15, yeah. More like 15, all right? See, it yeah. doesn't even seem like a long time. But despite the fact that we have very, very different view, differing views on a lot of stuff, we can have um, amazing conversations, um, which gives us the ability. I mean, I may not always agree with his, um, and vice versa, his, his, his end point, but I know his thinking process. I understand much, much more about him and that's just really awesome. You, there's not a lot of people. Um, well, I haven't found a lot of people that you can have just a conversation about anything and, and, and come away with, with knowledge and stuff. Cause a lot of people get caught up in whatever it is they are, they think, and, and then suddenly you have a, an argument and I, I'm, I'm not up for that. Yeah. He's, he's well, very intelligent. And I, actually, you just, you just illustrated another really uh, amazing part of discovering your superpowers and that's when you know your powers and then you know the powers of other people like the two of you you know these about each other you probably knew each other's superpowers more clearly than your own at some at some points because we tend to recognize things in other people that that we don't always see in ourselves Uh, but the real power of a superpower once you've sort of discovered what your your powers are and you start maximizing levering leveraging those as much as you can then to take on bigger things, bigger missions, and to do more, even more interesting, impactful things, you have to partner up with other people, just like you've done here. Now you're creating something together 
by the use of these combined superpowers that you could have, you couldn't have created all by yourself, either one of you. So, um, you know, I call that finding your super friends is finding other people that complement your abilities and skills. You can find ones that help you multiply. Like I might find other people that are a lot like me so that we can do more of what we're doing, but we also might partner up with people completely opposite of us that have totally different superpowers in order to achieve things we never could have achieved or to go a different direction than we were able to go by just by ourselves. So, you know, you guys, you, you guys are like the epitome of the whole superpower movement here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're so nice. Thank you. I, um, I like the way you illustrated that through your book because I was going to get to the, the four phases that you talk about um, to, to do with the super, you know, the, uh, the superpowers like yeah. the activate and, and the rest of that process, which I'll let you talk about if it's. Sure. And, uh, but I was impressed with that. So. Yeah, that's just a, you know, a, a process of, of going through, you know, evolving your powers, I guess, over time starting with discovery it's discover activate enhance and multiply so the first thing you have to do is you have to discover what your powers are Um, and if you already sort of know what they are i think most people can really benefit from articulating what their powers are and really owning those powers and that is sort of step number one i'm always surprised at how many people though really don't know what their powers are and Every time I go through this and every time somebody sends me a note about the book or comes through one of our workshops um, and they say, gosh, I just I don't know what my what my superpowers are. Um, I always think that's really odd because don't we all have abilities and talents and skills that sort of stand out? Um, And some people just really can't see it in themselves. Maybe they it was beaten out of them too much as kids and then they just really can't recognize it. So. Step one is discover what those are. And part of that discovery to me is, is articulation, is making sure that you can talk about it in a way that you understand it and other people understand it as well. Um, then activating your powers is being proactive about using your powers. Most of us use our powers already, but we use them very reactively. It's sort of that default operating system we have, and it sort of kicks in automatically. We don't think too much about it. But what if you could do that proactively, you know, it's sort of like a thermostat in your house, you know, it'll kick on automatically when it gets above or below a certain temperature. But if I want it to be 78 degrees in my house and it's not, I can proactively change that thermometer and make it do what I want it to do. Just like I think we can proactively use our, uh, I used to word thermometer. It's actually thermostat, uh, but you know what I mean? Um, I think we can proactively put our powers into practice so that we can achieve the results that we want to get with those once we become conscious of what they are. Um, So here's a silly question. Well, it's not a silly question, but illustrate that for me. Um, That, that, uh, give me an example for the, for the audience. Sure. Um, Well, I'll use one of my own powers because those are easiest to talk about because I'm closest to those. Um, so my three biggest superpowers are uh, exploring new things, um, simplifying things, and then communicating ideas through writing and speaking. And uh, you can see those are not like the most eloquently stated, by the way, like simplifying things. That doesn't seem like that's like the most 
articulate way to say a superpower, <laughs> but that's the way it comes out of my, my mouth and out of my mind. So that's what I use. So that one alone is, uh, it's kind of similar to Josh's about, uh, um, taking complex things and making them simple to understand. Um, and I found that I did that automatically, but I did it for myself. Because I, there were so many things I just needed to understand or I needed a process that I could follow. When I started my business, I actually did that for my entire business, but it was really for my benefit. So I, everything I did in my business, I tried to make it as simple as possible so that one man could do it because my business was a one-man band for a long time. So the way that I arranged the office was you know, to benefit me so that I could move things around a lot easier by myself. Cause I have a conference center that we run. So it has to be rearranged every day. So one of the things I did to make it simple was to put sliders on or wheels on all the furniture so that I could push things around with one person. We didn't have to lift anything. So one person could do it all. Well, over time I started realizing that that power of simplifying ideas and processes really helped other people too, because I, it dawned on me eventually that not everybody has that ability. And so I look for opportunities now where somebody's struggling with something or I, when I see something that is just overly complex and doesn't need to be, then I will step in and I will offer assistance. Um, sometimes I can even charge people to do that. And there's nothing wrong with charging for your superpowers. Um, I also do some, some coaching as well in a, in a big part of, uh, what I ended up coaching people on is that I just see the complexity that they've introduced in their life that doesn't need to be there. And then I help them simplify that. So that was taking it from just benefiting me because I was just doing it automatically to make my life easier to now I look for opportunities outside myself with other situations and other people to simplify those processes or those, whatever they are, whatever's complicated and complex in somebody's life. Um, so that's, that's one good example of that. Great example. Thank you. Okay. Um, the, uh, third, uh, I'm looking at my book again. Like I need to know this one too. Um, the third part it, discover is the first one activate enhances the third part and enhancing is uh, sort of a two part process. Enhancing has to do with making your powers as powerful as they can be. And I'm a big believer that no matter how great a superpower is, it can always be improved. You can always get better at it. In fact, it might even be a qualification of a superpower is that it's something you can still get better at no matter how good you are. Um, so there are lots of ways to do that. Workshops, seminars, books, whatever we do, podcasts, you know, ongoing learning, um, ongoing skill building in that area. All of that stuff uh, is ways to enhance your superpowers to make them stronger. Mm -hmm. And then the flip side of that is to um, minimize your kryptonite and the downsides also that come with the superpower. So there are two different things. I, I look at kryptonite as those outside forces, much like the kryptonite in the Superman story was this outside element that weakened Superman's powers. Well, we also have kryptonite in our lives, and it's usually other people um, or situations that suck our power away from us or they, those situations we find ourselves in where we're just not living our authentic self or we're not able to bring our full powers to play. Um, and I'm a big believer in figuring out ways to minimize that because a lot of times we can't always just totally eliminate it. If we can, that's great. Um, but a lot of times it's, it's minimizing our exposure to it. Like if it's another person, say a person in your office that you have no power of, you know, firing or getting away from, but we almost always have the power of minimizing our exposure to those people. 
We can limit our meetings with them. We can keep things short with them. We can sometimes even limit our communication to email or something so we don't have to be as face-to-face with those people. That's just one example of, of kryptonite. Um, another kryptonite that a lot of people mention to me is time. I don't have enough time to do everything I want. It's sort of like this, and it sucks their energy, sucks their power. And, or if it's busyness might be their kryptonite. And again, since one of my superpowers is helping people simplify things, you know, it always breaks down to how much people have said, have committed to or how poorly they manage their time. That actually ends up being a way for them to kind of fix that kryptonite, like figure out how to manage your time better, figure out how to say no to things, figure out how to prioritize things in your life. And then that kryptonite will be minimized for you eventually. Um, so that's one, that's one thing about enhancing your, your superpowers is minimizing your kryptonite. And then the other side of that is every, I think every superpower also comes with a downside. It's kind of like a, uh, if you think about a superpower as a pendulum, um, mm-hmm. that when you're using your power at full strength, that pendulum swings way over to one side, which means that on the other side of that swing, there's probably this big vacuum or hold of some sort. There's some sort of collateral damage that can can occur. It doesn't always occur, but can occur. Um, for me, when I kick into full-on brainstorming mode, I know that that can have collateral damage with people that that don't like to do that or that want to get to an answer quickly or need a decision right now. And so like, I have to be very careful about that and very aware that not everybody is going to participate in that superpower like I am. Um, and I have to just be sensitive to that in other people. Um, a lot of times if you notice like anybody that has something, a very strong uh, strength or characteristic can sometimes rub people the wrong way or certain people the wrong way. Um, sometimes people that are even like overly personable or whatever, that may be their superpower, but to somebody who doesn't enjoy that kind of personality, that rubs them the wrong way. So I think self-awareness goes a long way to minimizing the downsides of our superpowers as well. Make sense? Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And then the fourth step in the process is multiplying, which we hit on a little bit earlier. To me, the way to multiply your superpowers is to then figure out um, who else has, uh, has powers either similar to you, so you can expand what you do with those powers, or who has powers that are complementary to yours, or even completely opposite of yours sometimes, that helps you achieve things that you couldn't have achieved just by yourself. Um, in the superhero world, you know, when uh, you've got Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman and uh, all of them together become the super friends or the Justice League, um, they're able to fight crime in ways together that they couldn't do it independently. That's why they kind of came together. In the latest version of uh, the Justice League, there is this, you know, supernatural force that they have to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, none of them could fight it together, but you know, when, or could fight it independently, but when they get together, they join forces, then they have this ability to fight back all of a sudden. Um, and that story plays out over and over. Anytime you get, uh, you know, multiple heroes involved, it becomes into this sort of multiplication effort of together we are stronger than, than we are separately. And I think that's an echo of life. That's just the way we are. Um, I use this example in uh, my workshop of this woman in the Detroit area who is it appears almost as though she is single-handedly changing, you know, one of the ghetto areas of Detroit 
But the truth is, is she has em- employed an army of people with various talents and skills and abilities from just hand laborers who can clear brush and tear down buildings to urban planners who know how to like put the right infrastructure in place to make you know her part of the city uh, into what it needs to be. And she's just sort of the catalyst. That's her superpower is being that sort of catalyst that motivates everybody to get involved. And by using all these different people and places uh, or these different abilities and skills, they're transforming, you know, what used to be basically a ghost town full of boarded up buildings and crack houses and everything else into a place that people really want to live and they feel proud of their community. And that's a really cool example. Her name's Mama Shu. You can actually look her up on YouTube and see different stories about her from Ellen and CBS uh, News. Um, it's just doing amazing things by using their superpowers and then partnering up with super friends to achieve even more. And we all can do that. I think, you know, sometimes, you know, we tend to be lone wolves. I'm a lone wolf kind of person. So I have to force myself to look for super friends and to expand that ability. I often say I could achieve so much more if I could just get, you know, out of that lone wolf mentality more. Um, but that's sort of my default mode. So I have to, I have to force myself out of it. That's probably yeah, a piece of my kryptonite. Too. I was going to say, we, we both have those. We, we both have that as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which, you know, most superhero, if you look at the superhero stories, they're all, they're all lone wolves and they all resist coming together too. When they tell those stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But they eventually wow. do. Mark down my kryptonite. That's one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I never really considered that to be kryptonite, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it keeps you from using your powers at full strength, yep. being a lone wolf. Yep. Yeah, one of the things I was, um, I wanted to circle back to is early on, you, you said that you, know, you hit kind of a plateau in your business and you realized that you were taking on you know, more admin than anything else. Yeah. You kind of dropped the the creative part of it, which is what you enjoyed. Um, I know there are a lot of people who at that point might just scrap the business and start a new one. Um, whereas other people might say, Oh, now it's time to hire a, now it's time to hire out the admin management side and do the creativity. How did you get past your plateau? Uh, I was so tempted to shut it down. I mean, I, I was exploring, how to sell it. Uh, my lease was coming up and, and I'm, I entertained the idea of just like wrapping it up, shutting it down, finding something else to do with my life. Um, it was, it was pretty dark and bad there for a while. Um, and I tried not to let that show to the world and to my employees because I had a team. I wasn't just all by myself at that point. I had a team of six or eight people and still do. Um, but I was such a lone wolf. I really wasn't even letting them do their jobs very well. They were just sort of like warm bodies around to try to just help me when I would get overwhelmed, you know, and, and run some of the stuff I offloaded. I offloaded all of the really light stuff, but some of the more heavy stuff of like literally running the business and looking at the numbers and, and handling finances and all of that. I was still kind of overseeing way too much of that. I was managing way too much of the business. And I'm just not meant to be a manager. Um, I'm meant to be a creator and a builder. That's, I, that's one thing I know in my deep down in my soul now is that I'm just meant to be a, a creator. Um, 
And if I manage anything, I should be kicked. I should be fired immediately. (laughs) And uh, one of of the things that sort of prompted me along the way was that we host this uh, event called LeaderCast every year, which is this day-long event uh, broadcast live from Atlanta with these leadership speakers all day long. And we watch it at our space with 100 people we invite in, and it's, it's, it's a great event. But there's a speaker named Andy Stanley who a couple years ago asked this question, uh, posed this question to the crowd, and he said he had it on a plaque behind his desk to remind him every day to ask himself this question. And it was this, if they fired me tomorrow and hired a replacement better than me, what would that person do that I'm not doing right now? And I spent several hours grappling with that question. And the number one thing that I came up with for myself was that person would delegate all of the crap that you know you shouldn't be doing and that someone else could be doing a lot better. And so that was part of that catalyst of, all right, it's time for me to to build this team into something that really works for the business. And as importantly, really works for me as the business owner um, so that I can leverage my strengths better and not get stay stuck in this this no man's land of you know being the administrator manager that was slowly sort of sucking my soul so yeah so that's i started to build out my team that way and i eventually took one of my people who was was entirely capable the entire time but i finally after her working there for 4 years i finally elevated her to be my chief operating officer and now she actually runs the business and I get to be that creative visionary force that I used to be. And things are so much better that way. And she's way better at running it. Yeah. To be honest with you. I mean, it's just that plays to her strength. She's a very organized detail oriented person who likes to make sure everything's running properly and all of that. And um, I just like to build stuff. Or- organization yeah. is not my strength. <laughs> well, you know, there's, um, you know, the, that that happens in large corporations too. You know, there's a saying that we rise to the level of our mediocrity. And yeah. normally what that means is that you do really well at something so they promote you and you do really well at that so they promote you. And eventually you get to oversee all these people who are doing the stuff that you were really good at. You're really bad at the oversight. So you just get stuck there because they're not going to fire you because you're so good at everything else you did. Yeah. Uh, and, and so you have the, you know, luckily you had the opportunity to put somebody in that position where you had, you know, you had got all the way up to doing the stuff that you weren't good at and didn't like doing. And you were able to put somebody else in that position and say, here, you do it. Um, and that person is very good at it. And you could go back to what you like doing. And I think one of the, the things that people need to understand is that's not an overnight process either. Like that, that took a pretty big learning curve. And it, and I think we're still learning it. It's been a, over a year since I put that person in place in that role. And we're still feeling it out and learning along the way. I always tell people um, in my, my workshops, and, and this always gets a laugh because um, I think because everybody relates to it. Um, you know how we have superpowers and then we have, we have strengths. And we have, so we have those things that, that only we can really do and then we have other things that we're pretty good at doing and we can survive doing those things. But the problem is, is when we don't elevate ourselves into that superpower realm um, and we only stay doing the things that we're pretty good at doing, then we tend to just get more and more of those things. Right. And that's one of the dangers of not using your superpowers as much as you could is you end up getting more of the work that you really 
probably didn't want to do in the first place, but you were pretty good at because you needed to be. Mm -hmm. And then the part that gets the laugh is worse than that. If you're really good at that, then you get promoted to be the manager of the thing you never <laughs> wanted to do in the first place. Because it's so true. It happens everywhere. It's like yeah. it's exactly what you just said. And, the, and it's sad. And then people find themselves, you know, five, 10, 15 years down the line wanting to like quit their job and go work at a hardware store because they just, they're on the wrong path in life and they've been there for a long time. Thank God it only took me like seven years to figure that out. <laughs> so you write a, um, in the book a fair bit about passion and happiness. Um, where in your learning process as you were discovering all this stuff for yourself, did those start coming in and how did you figure that out? Um, I, well, I was so passionate and so excited about my business uh, for the first 10 years, you know, I mean, it was just build, 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 build. And I was just like loving it. And then, and it was going well and it was growing and people loved it and it fed my ego. It did everything I ever should do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually had this uh, coach at this time, you know, stupid life coaches, man, they just mess everything <laughs> up. Um, <laughs> he asked me this question that just, it changed everything for me and not in a good way. And he didn't mean it to do that. That's the problem is I actually took it the wrong direction. As I look back on it now, he asked me about 10 years into my business. He said, Hey, what's your mission? What's your mission with this business? And I said, well, to build it, you know, it's it's always been my mission to build it. And he kind of looked around and he said, looks to me like it's already built. What's your mission now? And so I really didn't know how to answer that. So the answer I eventually came up with is, well, now I need to really run this place that I've built. And so I gave myself that assignment, that a mission, and it was the wrong mission for me. Um, so I have to, you have to be very careful of the missions that you're on. Um, and then what I did over time is I finally realized, like, as I was that frog in the hot water that we mentioned earlier, there was a point where I realized, man, I don't have the same joy, passion, excitement about my work anymore. And it was in, uh, affecting other parts of my life, my relationship with my wife, my, my, my family life. My, uh, it just Everything started to feel kind of gray. I, I called it the fog. I just felt like I entered a fog that I couldn't get out of. I mean, life wasn't horrible. I was still profitable as a business. People still loved it. I still enjoyed pieces and parts of what I did. But I was in this fog that didn't feel the same, that that really passionate, excited, driven kind of feeling. And I, I got to the point where I really missed feeling that way. And that drove me to do this work. It drove me to seek out counseling as well. Um, and through that process, I started realizing like, oh yeah, life really could be different than this. Life could be a lot more passionate and excited. It used to be. And then the way I described it is as I emerged from that, and when you're in it, it's really hard to see. When you have that lack of passion, that lack of excitement, it's kind of hard to figure out how to get out of that. And I think you need outside help. You need, you know, not just work like this, but I'm a big believer in counseling to help you kind of break through or life coaching sometimes to help you get past some of those obstacles and out of that fog that you find yourself in because you just sometimes are not capable of, of working it all out yourself. But my description now is as I look back, you know that there's a commercial on TV, I think it's for Claritin, uh, allergy medicine, and they're playing the commercial. Everything looks fairly normal, and then they pull back the bottom of the screen, and everything is super colorful and vibrant, and you just didn't even notice how dull it was before. 
And I think once you start to pull that screen back for yourself and you start to see how colorful life could be, you just want to do everything you can to like pull that screen all the way back and work your, work your way out of that fog. That's the point I got where I finally said, I'm missing some color in my life. I'm missing some, some passion, some excitement. Uh, and I need to get back to that because I mean, that's to me, you know, life is short. It should be fun and passionate and exciting. And it doesn't mean that nothing bad ever happens or that you won't go through periods where it's not like all rainbows and butterflies. But I think, you know, I think we could, should be able to expect a fair amount of rainbows and butterflies if we put our effort in the right place. Rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> That's my next book. Rainbows <laughs> and butterflies. All right. Okay. Well, let us know when that's coming out. We can come back and have you, <laughs> have you talk for that one. See? Uh, but yeah. Wow. Well, we've certainly covered a lot. And I really I've covered after, so much. You know, nobody even has to buy the book now. They just after, have to listen to this podcast. Well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that <laughs> because if they're like me, you hear it once. It sounds really good. And three days later, it's like, what was it? He said, yeah. So, you know, you can get the Kindle version. It comes like right now. Um, is it on audible yet? Uh, I'm working on that. There's uh, some, there's a problem with the file. I I've submitted it to audible. Hopefully by the time you guys get this published, I will have that ready to go. Okay, it's done. It's all recorded. It's just not it's not meeting Audible specs yet. Josh loves to take our guests and promote their books on Audible so that uh, people can have a reason to take advantage of that 30-day free trial and get that book and stuff. So, like, you know, quick. All right. I'll get it up. Uh, I'll work on it today. Call, okay. Who was that? The hand is your stuff? Uh, <laughs> That's Ev. No, Eve. That that's your wife. That's my wife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who, 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 so who's the one who's in charge, really? I actually, well, Eve is the one who's <laughs> ultimately in charge. I call her my not so silent partner. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you so much this for. Uh, I appreciate all your questions and your your earnest uh, and honest uh, uh, interest in the work and the book. It means a lot. Well, Mark, where on where can people find you online? Where do you like to hang out the most? Uh, where can they connect? Yeah, um, I have a website. It's at markhenson.me. That's H-E-N-S-O-N, markhenson.me. Um, and again, get that free chapter too by adding a slash and free chapter after that, and you can download the free chapter. Uh, so that's uh, that's kind of my online HQ. Um, you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I, I'm on Facebook a lot. I even have a, I have a private Facebook group called a superpowered life. Um, that's my Instagram handle as well as a, a superpowered life. Um, and I just like to interact and talk with people a lot in those forums about, you know, their superpowers and what's good in their life and what's happening. That's positive and real. Awesome. Thank you so much. So we'll have all those links and show notes too. So people can, uh, you know, they don't have to go back and write that down. Um, you know, Josh normally asked a question that he didn't ask this time, or maybe I just snatched it out of his face right now. Um, but normally, so what is there that you would like to say to our audience that you didn't have a chance to say the one thing that you really think would be a powerful impact that people need to hear before you sign off today with us. 
Wow, that's a great question. And I I'd say that it's it's probably the underlying theme of the book, the thing that I really wrote the book for. So there's what the book's about and then there's what the book's really about. The book is about ordinary superpowers, but what it's really about is if I had a message to leave to people with my dying breath, it would be do everything you can to be 100% you, whatever that is. Be authentic, be real, be true to yourself. Love who that is because I think we can figure out who we are and we can be authentic and, and do all of that. And, and we can actually not like that person and not love that person. So once you figure out who you really are, love that person and then make a difference using that person in this world. Not the person you think you should be, but the person you really are. Because you'll have the biggest impact that way. Awesome. Thank you. Great. Thanks so much. Yeah, this is fun. You guys are you guys are great at asking questions. Yeah, pass it on to all your uh, famous friends. No. <laughs> I will I will promote the crap out of this one. Yeah, we'll make right. sure we get you a link when it's up and all that. And um, and yeah, I mean we're happy to take introductions if you've got anybody else in your network um, who you think would. Uh, be a, you be bet. A good guest. Yeah, I've got some. I got some friends. I'll send your way. Great, thank awesome. you. Yeah, right. thank you so much. You're welcome so much. Awesome. Right. Enjoy Thanks. the rest of your day. All right, see you guys. Hey, thanks for listening. Show notes and more at jkwdpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends. And we will see you next week. A Better Human Hood Production.